We're going to be looking at Proverbs 29, Proverbs chapter 29, in our study together today, the passage that was read a moment ago. And we're going to be talking today about the theme, the Bible can keep you out of trouble. I want to ask this morning, how many of you brought a copy of the Bible? How many of you have the Bible on your phone? That's good. We're always glad to see people bring the Bible because that's what we use. And I want to begin by saying, it has been said, if you take care of your Bible, your Bible will take care of you. I believe that. And so I want you to listen again to what Solomon wrote many, many years ago. Where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. So what about the power of God's Word? I said a minute ago that the Bible has the ability to keep us out of trouble. There are a lot of people in our world today, there are a lot of people in our country that are suffering immeasurably because they have turned a deaf ear to the Bible. Sadly, there are a lot of folks in our society today that they think they know better than God. And there are many people that have ruled God out of their lives. They don't think they need God. They certainly don't think they need His, His Word, His Bible. And so in light of that, I want us to look at what Solomon wrote because I think it's pertinent to our day. Many of us, we want to live a, a life that is free from the troubles and trials that are so common to people. I really believe the best way to live is to live preemptively. And the way that we live preemptively in life, the way that we avoid the heartaches and trials and difficulties and, and the consequences that come to those who live in sin is to simply follow God's Word. If we'll do what God says, then really and truly the bottom line is He'll bless us, won't He? And that's what Solomon said many years ago, happy are those who keep the law. So what about those who abdicate revelation? What about the danger of those who abdicate revelation, who turn a deaf ear to the Word of God? When I think about the dangers inherent to people, and, and really it makes no difference where people live, whether they're on American soil, European soil, Asian soil, whatever. What Solomon wrote years ago is relevant to every society, to every nation, to every kingdom. And so one of the real dangers of abdicating revelation is that it brings disorder to life. Now, when you look at the Scriptures, one of the things that stands out, God is a being of order, isn't He? I think about what Paul said, and I'm just going to lift this out of context because I think it's somewhat descriptive of God. When Paul said, do all things decently in an order. Well, God is a being of order. And so in order for us to have order in our lives, we got to follow His Word, don't we? Now there are many, many people in our world today. They have disorder, they have mayhem and chaos in their lives because, again, they've ignored His Word. 
And so listen again to what Solomon said. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, they live a life of anarchy, a life without law. God has given His law, and within that code of law are parameters. And what God is saying is, when you walk within the confines of my law, my word, when you stay within the parameters that I've outlined, then I'll bless you. And that's true. And so there are a lot of people today that are, that are hurting incredibly, immeasurably, because again, they've ignored God's Word. So what about this disorder that comes about as a result of abdicating revelation? There are several areas I think it impacts in life. The first of which is in the moral realm. Now it doesn't take an Einstein to realize that morally speaking, we're in a lot of trouble in America, aren't we? I mean, just look around, read the newspaper, watch television, watch the news. Listen, if you will, to all of the things that are going on, not just nationwide, but worldwide. And I really believe that the climate that we face in America is ultimately traceable back to our abdication of the Word of God. Let me just share with you st some statistics that I believe help to underscore what we're talking about today. Number one, and this is really sobering, nearly half of all Americans have never read the Bible. Can you believe that? Nearly half of our population have never read the Bible. Now, here's the question. How in the world are people going to be blessed? How are people going to live a life that is free from heartache and trial and suffering and sorrows without some understanding of God's Word? And the fact that God's Word is intended to lead us to a better way of life, isn't it? Listen to this statistic. One in four Americans say that they are done with church. Half of all Americans, 48%, say that they are done with God. It's amazing, isn't it? We are living among people today who are basically saying, look, I'm done with organized religion. I am done with the concept of God. Known as a post-Christian nation. Nearly half of all Americans say God plays no role whatsoever in their life. So, should we be surprised at the moral climate of our day? I mean, think about it. If, if every action leads to a corresponding reaction, and people are saying that God is not relevant in their lives, if they're saying that they don't read God's Word, then what's the alternative? Chaos. Mayhem. What did Solomon say? When there is no revelation, the people do what? They cast off restraint, don't they? 
In Judges chapter 21, in verse 25, the writer said, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So should it surprise us that people in America today say, you know what, there's really no absolute standard. I mean, we can't unequivocally say this is right, this is wrong, this is truth, this is error. Can we make that claim if there is, if there are no absolutes? And that's what people are saying today. And really the bottom line is people are, people are crafting their own God in their own eyes. Let me read another statistic for you. More than half of all young people today, ages 18 to 24, don't believe the Bible is God's inspired Word. Now, if the younger generation, if they are the custodians of the future, then what does that say about our plight today? I mean, if, if you've got a younger generation of people coming on the scene and they don't believe that the Bible is God's inspired Word, do you really think they're going to take the time to read, to study, to meditate on this truth? Do you think that they're going to see any validity in following a book that they don't believe came from God? Well, the answer is no. Now, to show you how drastically we've changed in America, morally speaking, did you know in the 1940s that divorce was deemed deviant behavior? Now think about that. That's been, what, 80 years ago? And now today, listen to this. More than two-thirds, 67% of Americans say they support same-sex marriage. So we've gone from a nation of people that at one time viewed divorce as deviant behavior to now we accept homosexual marriage. So let me ask this question. Who changed? What changed? Did God's Word change? Did, did somewhere along the line we not get the memo that God has changed with culture, with time? You know, the psalmist said many years ago, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. What's the psalmist saying? God's saying, look, my standard does not change. From generation to generation to generation, my truth, it's absolute, it never changes. Truth is not fluid. Truth stays the same, doesn't it? Now you think about, I mentioned a moment ago, the fact that in this country, we have changed, morally speaking. It's evident we've changed. The statistical data bears it out. I mean, when you talk about the moral fiber of our nation, and the fact that the home really undergirds the nation, doesn't it? As the home goes, so goes the nation. If if the home's in trouble, then that means the nation is in trouble. So, if you are the devil, 
and you wanted to undermine a society of people, how would you do that? Where would you start? Don't you start just chipping away at the home? Chip here, chip there, and before you know it, you got some cracks in the foundation. And those cracks lead to ultimately destruction, don't they? So, things have changed dramatically. I want to just ask you if you would to turn with me to a well-known passage in the Old Testament. Note, if you would, what Hosea the prophet said many years ago and see if this doesn't remind you of some things that you hear today in our society. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. The Lord brings a charge, an indictment against the inhabitants of the, of the land. Here's what he said. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. Now, Israel of old was a theocracy. God was their king. We are not a theocracy. We are, we are a republic. But when you think about our nation, when you think about the bedrock of our nation for many, many years has been a deep and abiding belief in God, a respect for His Word. As the psalmist said many years ago, my heart stands in awe of your Word. So Hosea is writing to people that have, in effect, abdicated revelation. And so in verse 2 he said, as a result of abdicating truth, what do we find? Here it is, by swearing and lying. Do we have a problem in our nation today with regard to honesty? I mean, do we have a problem with people telling the truth? We got a major problem with that. He said killing and stealing and committing adultery. Do we have a problem in this nation with regard to murder? You better believe we do. I just read a, a statistic this morning about the number of homicides in Chicago in 2016. Incredible. And, and, and why is it people are taking human lives? Because they do not know their Creator. And they don't know anything about His Word. And so... They lie, they swear, they kill, they steal. Do we have a problem with theft in our world today? We've got a major problem. Not long ago, not long ago, somebody broke into my car, pilfered through everything. When I called the police, Policeman came. Here's what she said. They're looking for two things. Number one, guns. Number two, money. So we got a problem with that, don't we? And then he said they break all restraint. Now, in light of that, what was it Solomon said when there is no revelation, where there is no prophetic vision, the people do what? They cast off all restraint. What did you say, Hosea? They break all restraint. Is there a correlation to people abiding 
in the principles of God's Word and people saying, you know what, we don't need that in our lives. There sure is, isn't there? So down in verse 6, he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now we're talking about the danger of abdicating revelation. When people say no to the Word of God, it leads to disorder. I mean, when you've got people that are, that are lying and swearing and killing and stealing and engaging in all kinds of deviant behavior, then ultimately... Somebody has to pay a price, don't they? Over in chapter 8 at verse 7, the prophet said, they have sown to the wind and they will reap the whirlwind. Paul said, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That is true in the natural realm. It is true in the spiritual realm, isn't it? Whatever seed you're sowing in life, whether good or bad, that's what you're going to reap. And so in verse 12, he said, I have given to them, that is to the nation of Israel, I have given to them the great things of my law, but they were counted as a strange thing. So how's that correlate to our day and time? Well, at one day in time, at one point in time in America, we could talk to people about marriage and what constitutes marriage in the eyes of God. We could talk about the dangers of division and divorce in the home. And there were a lot of folks in our society that respected the ideals of the home. They honored what God said in the long ago, what He has joined together, man's not to separate or put asunder. They respected those ideals. But you mean to tell me 80 years later, morally speaking, we even have to have a conversation about what constitutes marriage? Yes, we do. I never dreamed, never thought that I would have to stand before people and say, let me tell you what, here's what constitutes marriage, a man and a woman. <laughs> I knew that in the first grade we got folks today that don't understand that, and they're educated people. Now, who created the human family? God did. If God created the human family, does He not have the right to legislate His creation? Does He not have the right to say, okay, here is who is eligible for marriage. When God said it's not good for a man to be alone, He made a woman, didn't He? And why do you think that is? Because the woman is the perfect complement to the man. The woman is God's answer to man. That's His creation, isn't it? And so, morally speaking, you ever seen, you ever seen a train come off the tracks? Man, that's an amazing thing to see a train come off the tracks. And I mean, we're talking about throwing cars everywhere. And, and the products that are in those rail cars scattered sometimes for miles. Well, in many ways, we as a nation of people, we're off the tracks, aren't we? We've come off the tracks. 
What we need to do is get back on the tracks, don't we? Now, I mentioned the problem that we face, morally speaking. Let me just share this with you very quickly. A new study from Lifeway Research, and that's out of Nashville, here's what they report. More than six in ten of those older than 45 say right and wrong do not change. They believe in absolutes, don't they? But now, for those 35 and younger, fewer than 4 in 10 make that claim. So what what they've concluded is the younger generation is saying, you know what, absolute truth, it's not relevant. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Well, absolute truth was given to us by God, wasn't it? There is either a standard or there is not. One person said we are shifting very fast from a world where right and wrong didn't change to a world where right and wrong are relative. And here's what he says. And this is the executive director of Lifeway Research. His name is Scott McConnell. We are not all on the same page when it comes to morality. And we haven't reckoned with what that means. I can tell you what it means. It means we're in trouble. So you think about, we've got people today, again, that don't believe in absolutes. And yet, biblically speaking, we have law. Law leads to order. A dismissal of law leads to anarchy, to people casting off restraint. So we're paying a heavy price morally, but what about economically? Are we facing problems in our country, economically speaking? Did you know we're $22 trillion in debt? Now, I am not a math guy, never have been. And so it's difficult for me to put my mind around a trillion dollars. But $22 trillion? Here's what somebody said. If you spent $1 per second in a day, you would spend $86,400. Over the course of a year, your spending would come to more than $31.5 million. So here's the question. How long would it take you to spend $1 trillion? Now, bear in mind, we're $22 trillion in debt. It would take you 32,000 years to spend a trillion dollars. I don't think I'll be able to spend a trillion dollars in my lifetime. Do you? Now here's what David said many years ago. The wicked borrows and does not repay. We we are on a course of reckless spending in this country. Look, at some point in time, it's going to be payday, isn't it? I mean, at some point in time, don't you have to make the numbers work to fit? Don't you have to balance the books at some point? I mean, you can't just keep printing money, can you? Apparently that's what we think. It's almost as if you can hear them printing the currency right now. 
We don't have enough, we'll just print more. Look, if your heat is on and your door is open, how long are you going to leave your door open? You're just going to leave it open 24-7? When I was growing up, man, my folks used to stay on me. If you walked out of a room, what did you do? You remember? Turn the lights out. Man, my dad, he stayed on me. And, and so I got it. We got the lights running wide open in America. And we're on a binge of spending day after day. After. Let me tell you what, it's, it's going to come back. It's going to come back on us. I'm telling you. And you think about the number of people in our country that are upside down in debt. I read where a large proportion of people in our country don't even have $400 set aside in case of some type of emergency. $400? Let me tell you, we, we got some problems. And so economically, you got to get it right. And then very quickly, let me just share with you, I guess you can tell we're not going to get done. 11 o'clock. So here's what I'm going to do. Instead of what I plan to preach tonight, I'll just finish this tonight. Next Sunday, Keith Mosier is going to be here, and I hope that you will plan to be here. He's going to be preaching next Sunday morning. He's going to be teaching Bible class, and we want to be here. We want to invite our friends and neighbors. I hope you'll be here. But judicially, do you think that our Justice system is in trouble in this land. Man, we got so much trouble in this land judicially. It is incredible. I read where over 2 million people are incarcerated in America. As a matter of fact, America has the, high, the highest rate of incarceration of any nation in the world. It costs thirty-four dollars to $37,000 per person. The house people. Now, are there injustices in our court system? Sure. Are there people that have been sent to prison? Are there individuals that have been literally hung out to dry that should not have been? You better believe it. But on the other hand, there are people that are rotten to the core. And they're out here causing a lot of trouble in our society and as a result of that, we're paying a heavy price. Just very quickly, let me read this for you. I mentioned a moment ago the number of deaths in Chicago. In 2016, 762 people were murdered. Over 4,000 people were shot. I didn't know what I'd think I was living in Dodge City. Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson, here's what he said. Criminals keep shooting because they know they can get away with it. He pled with the city's judges and attorneys to get tough on crime. Now just very quickly, before our time's gone, turn back and look at Ecclesiastes. I want you to listen to what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes. I want you to see it in black and white. 
Because I think sometimes it makes a greater impression when we see it for ourselves. Listen to him in verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. This idea of dragging through court system after court system after court system for years and years and years. It's a joke. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore, here it, here it is. Here's the bottom line. The heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. When people commit a crime, and when that crime is dealt with swiftly, what does it do? It sends a warning to people who are out here living in an ungodly way. And the bottom line is, let me tell you what, you're not going to do that here because if you do, you're going to pay a heavy price. So what did the superintendent in Chicago say? These folks out here are killing people left and right. They're shooting people day in and day out because they know the court system is not going to do anything to them. Could I say to you, we are our own worst enemy. Now the church's role in that, are we not to be the salt of the earth? Are we not to be the light of the world? This world is upside down. And the only way that people are going to have a chance is for us to be salt and light. Now we're going to talk about the byproducts of living in accordance with God's will. But I want you to know, I want you to understand, there is a heavy price to pay when people turn a deaf ear to God's Word. If you don't believe me, just look around. Look, you can't deny the facts, can you? And we're going to talk about some other things. Because I think that there is a recipe, a prescription. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, we invite you to come to Christ because God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What would you need to do? Believe Jesus to be the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. And then to turn from sin through repentance. As Jesus said, except you repent, you'll perish. To confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then to be baptized into Christ so all your sins can be washed away. Let Him put you in the church and then live faithfully. And the promise is the crown of life, James 1, verse 12. If you're here, maybe your life's not what it ought to be. You need the prayers of the church. Could we pray with you and for you? Look, number one, you need to be back in Christ. You need to be faithful. We need you. We need you to be salt and light in this world. Won't you come as we stand and sing?